Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Starting a podcast allows for a spotlight to be put on some of the community's unique personalities, creating the ability to cover those not typically getting headlines. It also gives me a chance to share with the listener the types of conversations I am lucky enough to have every day as a barber. A career that has introduced me to such a wide range of intriguing people that I not only get to call my customers, but also my friends. Today we are joined by a regular to the barbershop and the inspiration for the Spent the Rent podcast, the cranky old guy himself, Patrick Miller. Patrick Miller, Pat, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's about time, you know? Yeah, this is cool. We uh, have known each other for quite a while now, and we're going to get into how we met, and a little you know, behind-the-scenes secret is that uh, you and I initially, when this podcast started, we were going to do a podcast with the two of us called Two Pats in a Pod, yeah. and uh, we kind of... Right up, right when it was getting off the ground, you were really busy, and I wanted to hit the ground running and focus a lot of my my spare time on the podcast. Yeah, you know, I listened to the episode where you explained all this and said basically that I was too too uh, involved in making something perfect, and you wanted to get it done. So yeah, I is, get it. it, which is cool. You know, <laughs> it motivated me because I was sitting. It was the night before I ender, I interviewed Ender One for episode one. Right. And we were talking on the phone and I was, I was a million miles an hour and you're like, calm down, let's take a step back. Maybe we're not ready to interview. And I was like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it and I'm going to do it my own way. <laughs> this is, this is what I've learned about you. We've, we've tried to work on music together. I helped produce a, one of your last albums and it, it, I just realized it's like this guy just goes. That's yeah. all there is to There's it. There's a thing I learned from Uncle Nancy, who I'm going to have on the podcast in October which I'm really excited about is that you just, he have a, he has a slogan that he's been saying lately a lot. That's make something terrible today. And basically <laughs> what it is, is that you just need to get it done because that yeah. when you keep getting it done, you're going to start getting good at it. And it's a punk rock mentality and it's, it's amazing. And that's kind of what we do. Well, ironically, that's kind of how I live my life. Live, you know, kind of le- living on the bleeding edge, you know, treading water and making, making progress for other people who actually make the money. Right, right, <laughs> so. right. So, yeah, so that when we had talked about it, two pats in a pod, you had came to me uh, in the barbershop and you're like, you need to start a podcast in the shop, which... I don't own the shop for one. And then I have coworkers that were just like, I don't know. I don't want to be on recordings and right. and whatnot. And it, it's hard. You know, I think down the road when I own my own barbershop, I'm going to have a day of the week, probably Sundays or something that I will do that, you know, and that'll be ultimately where I go with this. But 
It just wasn't in the. It wasn't going to be in the cards for then. I still have the domain name, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I just paying. had. I just had to repay for it again for the second year. So. Well, I think we're going to do this at least. Uh, you know. A few times a year, so this is volume one of okay. the two pats in the pod. So, <laughs> right, so yeah. Not? Before we get crazy into this, I want to give a shout out to my title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro. Uh, OregonCashflowPro.com. You can get uh, free money management advice videos and a lot more. So check that out, OregonCashflowPro.com. Okay, so the cranky old guy blog. I said that in the intro. The cranky old guy himself, as if everyone knows who that is. <laughs> I know it has a following locally which is cool and probably national too a little bit uh how did that come about well basically i've been politically involved since i forever i mean in my my teens i marched for you know against vietnam and for equal rights i got involved with politics all the way through my life i had an ad agency and a marketing company for years and years that often ended up uh doing like pack writing and all sorts of things got a lot got got involved in our campaigns when the internet was kind of in its infancy you could kind of do and say whatever you wanted to say and in the early 2000s after the insanity of the the 2000 election i started actually writing under that cranky old guy nom de plume as it were uh kind of just randomly and i finally registered it in 2005 i think and every time i was just losing my mind i actually said you know what i need to write something and i just found a place to drop it and put it right. so that became its own and blogging at that time was it already kind of taken off or was it, no. it was fairly new no it was way new it was i mean i started actually doing some of this stuff back really before any of this stuff, before um, Facebook, before, you know, any of that stuff became popular. Right. And so, again, bleeding edge stuff. And, you know, I was mostly screaming into the wind at that point. Right. But I had enough followers to keep it going. And it's good. I mean, it's a good outlet. Anything creative, you know, where you can take something negative and make it into something that you that you create, I think is a great outlet. You yeah, know? it really is. It keeps me from having to buy blood, blood pressure meds. Sure, yeah, sure. I mean, it's yeah. like I can, I can just go scream. It's your anti-embolism. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> and then, so if you haven't read it and you're not familiar with the cranky old guy uh, blog, it's just a lot of, you know, right now you've got a lot of fodder with Trump and, and whatnot. And so there's yeah. never a shortage of content when it comes to politics, but it's a lot of pop culture as well and like just different takes on you know, the idiocracies of, of what's happening. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with, I have five daughters, which has kind of set the tone for the rest of my life. And so <clears throat> it, I, I tried to kill cranky old guy several times, but then it kind of came back to life when my wife and I took this 9,600 mile cross country trip, um, back in 2016, right before the primaries. And, at that point, I started really noticing some things about the country that those of us that are on the extreme left simply don't really realize. Sure. And so it was one of those things where it's like, okay, look, I'm going to write about the trip, but I'm also going to make note of what I'm seeing out here. Right. And so at that point, it was like, you know, the writing was kind of on the wall. We're kind of jumping ahead into politics, but the writing was kind of on the wall that Hillary was in deep trouble. Oh, yeah. We did the same thing. We went to Mount Rushmore, Yellowstone the same summer. Mm -hmm. And oh, my gosh, it definitely showed me that we were not we were living in a bubble more than we realized. Absolutely. Because, you know, you go and you see Confederate flags next to Trump flags next Mm -hmm. to 
you know, don't tread on me flags, which is crazy to associate. We're going to get into it a little more later, but it's crazy to me that somebody that's rural is like this New Yorker. That's the one I associate with, but it's more than that. And we'll get into that yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, cranky old guy has always been around as a persona. It really took super life when I started blogging for this Simpsons. Um, yeah. The Simpsons tapped out mobile game. Yeah. It's huge. So, <clears throat> so I started playing this with my grandkids back in 2014 or 2012, actually. Um, but I was already kind of, we already had this blog going that was in 110 countries where hundreds of millions of hits, you know, passed. It's this weird little niche for a very simple, funny mobile device game that I started playing with my grandkids and then started blogging. About. So the blog was separate from the cranky old guy. Yeah. But the picture was always me uh, in my U of O garb was kind of my weird trademark thing. And then that just took off. And right. so they started getting interspersed when my daughter uh, did an internship in Uganda. And I felt so silly writing about a silly mobile device game to 110 countries around the world. They said, let's turn this into something that actually does something. Sure. And so we started raising funds for this little school, this rural school in Uganda. And that has turned into its own uh, its own thing. So... Like most most of my life, it's like you start over here, you end up over here, and this happens in between. And now we're you know four and a half, five years down the road with the uh, nonprofit, and it's it's crazy. So you so you grew up here, correct, in Eugene? I was actually no, I actually grew up in uh, Portland, Oregon. I was, uh, but still the Oregon area. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting at because the connection. It's funny. So basically. Just writing and whatnot and being kind of an activist locally or, or whatnot with politics. And then The Simpsons, and then it takes you to Uganda. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a long stretch. But it, it's it is, the Simpsons. It because in the middle of The Simpsons thing, if you, if you read the bio, I actually did music for the Claymation Christmas Celebration and all the Will Vinton stuff, which was huge in the 80s. So I did a lot of music, a lot of soundtrack stuff right. for those guys. We got an Emmy for the Claymation Christmas Celebration. It was great fun. At that point, Matt Groening was just starting The Simpsons. Right. And his sister married one of the key animators for that program um and so i mean the, the connections are so bizarre right. well, my wife went to school with lisa simpson oh wow. and it was the real lisa, the real lisa simpson which is of course lisa so your Grady. wife is still in third grade yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's so it's uh, a little creepy <laughs> yeah no but that's what i mean is is that the connections to oregon and it shows how small you know how small the connections can be locally, but then also how far it can take you. But back to what the Simpsons tapped out blog was about. So mm -hmm. essentially from what you had told me before in the shop is that you had started it as kind of like a almost not tech support, but like you were complaining about some of the glitches inside of the game. And right. then it slowly became the unofficial tech support website. Is that, yeah, is that it's correct? huge. It's huge. I mean, so the game itself, like most of these games and the Simpsons has had an arc. So, it was hugely pop popular in 2014, 2015, 2016. Um, and now it's, of course, it's it's like The Simpsons show itself. It's kind of on its uh, hospice mode at sure. this point. Still cruises along. But no, it, it is the de facto. It's the, what, the original blog that I started, TSTO Friends, melded into uh, another blog that was equally popular and actually, you know, 
had some people that actually cared about the game more than I did. TSTO Addicts, which is actually the one where I have been since 2016, 2015. I can't remember the date. Um, so we actually melded the two. So we took all the superpowers of the two competing blogs and created one giant blog, and it it just kicks. We have a lot of fun still, and we're still the place for and so those systems ones, to tap down. Right, so people turn there to get the unofficial, like we said, tech support and whatnot. Yeah. Are those, play, a lot are of those blogs a hobby, or they, have they kind of proven to be lucrative? Um, you know, you can make money off of them, and with that many hits, yeah, there's money to be made. I take all the money I make from that and put it into the Uganda. Right. Um, the, the other owner, the primary owner, actually, at this point, is a young lady who actually has done, you know, fairly well um, in regards to money. But she mostly does it out of a sincere love of the game and the community, which right. is so huge that she can't stop. Still after how many years um, of playing the game? Well, we started the blog. Uh, well, the, the, the game started in 2012. We started the blog in 2013, 2014, actually. Um, and then it's, yeah, it's just going on and on. Cause and I on. played Pokemon go for eight minutes and, yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was done with it. The deal with this game though, is it's kind of like Sims and you're building this giant city using all these tools and the and the actual Simpsons writers do the writing right. for it. So it's hilarious. So it evolves. Yeah. Oh constantly. yeah. Oh, con- I mean, we're my town my springfield whatever you want to call it is so huge now that it takes i don't know how many minutes to download the darn thing each you know. time you load it yeah well no the, it loads quickly but we, if you want to do a screenshot of it it's gigantic i mean right. it's gigantic wow. so yeah it, it's a lot of fun it's so of fun. and then let's let's talk a little bit more about uganda so it's crazy yeah. to think of where that started and how it started so you said your daughter had done an internship in uganda well she yeah i my youngest daughter madeline is the most um persistently uh intuitive and influential human being on the face of the earth she, you you do what madeline tells you to do right so she was over there doing an internship and she saw this little school up the hill and her mom being an educator um, it got her attention. Well, she found out that this school had almost 200 kids with no school supplies, no water, no bathrooms. No, there was just, I mean, it was the very fact that it existed was an, an absolute miracle. We started by doing some shoes and playground equipment, kind of the typical things that Westerners do, and then realized that the most important thing was school supplies. In the years that we've been supporting them, they've gone from you know, roughly 30% of the kids passing to 96% of the kids passing. It is the biggest, most successful uh, school in the rural Uganda area. We've done wells, we've done bathrooms, we've done just all sorts of things. And of course the deal is Maddie was only there for about, I'm going to say three months, four months, I think, as I I recall. Um, But we've reformed some amazing relationships and we have a, an amazing project manager over there who just gets things done. Right. So it's, it's one of those things that when politics was going so sideways and local, anything felt really, you know, empty, it was wonderful to be able to see results, be able to raise money internationally through GoFundMe, uh, you know, with, with the Simpsons tapped out 
and then see the results. I mean, it was right. just absolutely amazing. So that's the biggest draw as far as when you get donations is through the Simpsons. Thing. It has been. Wow. Yeah. I wow. mean, we've raised, I, I was looking at it a couple of weeks ago. We've raised close to $60,000 through tapped out wow. um, supporters only. We've now recently gotten um, local rotary involved. I joined rotary um, three years ago here locally because of what they do internationally. Right. And, and they've actually gotten involved with building another well, another, some solar or some other kinds of things. But like most big organizations, they're amazing, but the wheels turn a little bit more slowly. Sure. Um, the beauty of the GoFundMe is literally we can say, look, we need to have a water tower, and in four weeks we've got the money and it's built. And, and even if people crazy. don't donate, by sharing it is huge. Sometimes yeah. even bigger than donating, you know, well, is, by sharing it so that it grows and it get, reaches more eyeballs and yeah, we kind of joke about the fact that um, we've I've become like the Bernie Sanders of of Uganda in that almost all of that sixty thousand dollars came from these twenty dollar thirty dollar yeah. uh, that's good though know. yeah that, it's amazing because it creates a bigger thousands of people yeah 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 thousands so of people. what is we're gonna put the website in the show notes sure. uh, to the link to Uganda but where can people find it it's called friends of dot uh, com. So that'll definitely be in the show notes because good luck spelling that. Yeah, yeah. Exa- well, actually, the easiest way to find anything is to go to crankyoldguy.com. Right. And I and have, I have links that, to yeah. all that stuff up So there. actually, that's the link we're going to share. So, <clears throat> so crankyoldguy.com. And then you can read the blogs and you can find Uganda and all that stuff. Right. The stuff for Uganda. Right. I think that's really cool. And that's one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you as a guest. Not only because we had initially talked about doing the podcast ourselves. And I thought it would be a good... Uh, you know, format with the two of us both meet being named Pat. So we wouldn't forget our names. And then, uh, and then uh, that, but also there's so many people everywhere in the world, but let alone in Eugene, Oregon that are doing things that people have really no idea. And then, you know, it's, it's pretty great. Some of the, the scale, like the big things that people can do and then live normal lives. Yeah. Well, you know? I, I think that what's interesting about your podcast and why I like it so much and why, frankly, I'm so proud of what you've done. I mean, it's it's so kind of amazing how far you've come in a year is that you don't just do one thing. You, no. you are celebrating all the changes and all the different people and all the different things that people do. It's why I like Rotary. We the, I belong to Southtown Rotary and these guys do so many projects. Right. There's a hundred members that go all over the place, but it's also why I'm starting this new incarnation uh, when I should be retired. I'm starting this new new incarnation of Shop Local 541 and Social Services 541, which we can talk about. Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit, which is which is awesome because it's, you know, it's back to what you were saying about the podcast. One of the things I my goal is to have a local show, but to have it also be intriguing to people that aren't local. So it's a tough line because if you do constantly just about Eugene and like bitching about the streets being filled with tents, <laughs> that kind of stuff, it's going to get stale. Mm-hmm. And yes, we're going to cover that because it's such a hot button issue. But, you know, I want to do things that are spotlighting people in the community that could be spotlighting people in any community. So it's relatable for people across the country and whatnot. And then also with a, home, a, a local flavor. And the 541 community is a Facebook page that's we're still getting it off the ground that I created a Facebook group called the 541 community. So when you would talk to me, it's funny because I told you I was starting that and you're like, you're ripping off my idea. <laughs> no, <laughs> I own the 541 yeah. copyright. Because <laughs> you have, 
but that's no. the, I mean, there's obviously, so I'm going to throw a name out. Like we're actually working on, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it, but a partnership with that, that Oregon life. It's not official yet, mm-hmm. but we are, uh, Tyler and I are good friends and that Oregon life is like the king. Now he's the king of Oregon, everything. And it's great. I mean, he's he's demolished it. He has more followers. This is a great plug for him. He has more followers on social media than the Register Guard, mm-hmm. than the Oregonian, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And so when I started the 541 community, it wasn't a reaction to that. But there is a certain pettiness in his group. <laughs> this is a bad plug. Mm-hmm. That sometimes it's not him that does it. He's great. But the people in it are like, I don't think you should post that here. I don't think you should post that here. Right. And that exists with every group. I'm just using them as an example. Well, well welcome to social The worst media. possible one is Lane County mugshots. Those people are scum. Yeah. The people that <laughs> post on that. What do you really think? Yeah. But, but, um, and then obviously it's a broad swath. I mean, I think that they do, there's a service that is done with it. But the, my point is, is I wanted to have control over a group that we can dictate what the flow is. Sure. And I think everyone should have that luxury because there's tribes and pockets for each you know group of people yeah which may be part of the problem i mean i think that's really part of the the problem while being part of the solution so there are 3,800 nonprofits in lane county alone 3,800 social service and nonprofit organizations so that's amazing but each one of them is super passionate about what they do sure but because of the numbers and because of the lack of of other media out there I don't think most people have a clue that they even exist. No. And that's the hard part. So that's so. one of the things that the goal of the, of the, the what is it, social services? Yeah, basically, <clears throat> it's going to be a connectivity too. We we can dive into that in a second, but it's you know it's it's the key is is to find a way to amalgamate all of these things, your stuff, his stuff everybody's stuff into one centralized area that actually connects people that want to find services, but more importantly, people that want to, you know, donate or as a retailer, people that want to donate to a cause, um, but want to do things in a trade basis, we can sell that product and then donate the money. It's, it's a, it sounds convoluted, but it's more simple than it. We can is. just get into it now. Cause we're going to, sure. we're going to change gears in a little bit and talk about the debate and, and some of the primary, but I, so I think this is a good time to just talk about the directories. Okay. So the big thing is 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 there's going to be two different directories. The five. Four, go ahead and explain it. Yeah. So basically, it comes from two different passions. Having had an ad agency and worked in media for roughly forty years, um, I came back to start working locally in Eugene uh, over the last couple of years and was so disappointed by how much media had atrophied. Yeah. And and actually was of any service whatsoever to to the broad population that it occurred to me that there's a ton of local retailers that are just hamstrung. There's no way to get their word out. There's no way to get things done. Right. Then in Rotary, I start I started, you know, working with them and all the different projects they do. They do an annual fundraiser that I was involved with last year in charge of and I'm in charge of it again this year. It's one of like 90 of the same kind of project. They do a big dinner, they do an auction, they do these, uh, you know, the gift baskets, all that kind of thing. Well, in the middle of all of that is tons and tons of retailers that have donated products or services that get auctioned off on this one night. Well, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. And so my thought process was 
There's a ton of retailers that need promotion. They're all donating already. Let's turn that into a centralized place where, where people could go and get a great deal on whatever. At 3 o'clock in the morning. At whatever. Instead of just at the 24/7, event. 24-7 all the, all the right. time. But more importantly, that money then goes to a, to a specific cause or a, or a, um, uh, you know, a group. And so what we're able to do then is promote the group promote the retailer and provide a good deal. Right. So it's it's like the combination of both. So for, for a company to be, or a retailer to be listed, is mm-hmm. it all pay to play or is there just going to be kind of a, like a phone book type feel? So no, we, it's, it's, we're going one step further. So they're going to get a full page business directory with, you know, they could have a video link. They could have all kinds of things A link to their website. It'll actually allow them to sell product if they want to go that route. But my kind of my threshold is if you donate $250 worth of goods and services of some sort that, and it could be in $50 increments, whatever, $250 total, you're going to get a full year directory plus all the connectivity plus all the marketing stuff I'm going to do behind it. The people will get the connectivity to the to the service they want to donate, and then we'll be promoting the events. We'll be promoting all of the stuff that's going on in right. the community. So it's it's really an all inclusive thing that happens at Shop Local Five Four One, Give Local Five Four One, and that integrates to Social Services Five Four One. Right, that's it's all awesome. tied together. That's awesome. Know? And yeah. so it's going to be three different websites. Yeah, but they'll, be, they'll really, be linking to each other. It's maybe. really one cross-linked website that you go to one or the other, you'll get the same the same um, homepage that will have all of those services. Available. I had initially started. It's funny because Spent the Rent has been something I've used as a brand for a long time, and Spent the Rent initially was <clears throat> SpentTheRent.com, which I should have mm-hmm. kept, but but uh, yeah. and I use I was trying and I had no idea what I was doing, but I was trying to make a website for people in Eugene to find things to do for less than 20 bucks. That's a good one. And it was a cool little, because I was living, Spent the Rent started because I made hip hop music and I wanted a punk band called Spent the Rent. So I was going to lock that name up if I ever learned how to play music, which which I didn't. And I just used, you know, electronic means. But, but, you know, so uh, that was something I I had tried and I had no idea how to kind of go about it, but it was, Mm -hmm. it was fun, you know. And so that kind of directory, I think there's definitely a need. And you're totally right about news because they do nothing for, you know, there's people that are doing, I think Rick Dancer, what he's doing as far as going to businesses, but seems like his, and I'm not going to get into this a lot, but it seems like his whole focus now is bed and breakfast type stuff. And it's, it's kind of taken away from helping the business. Well, I I think Rick, you know, I've known Rick for a long time, loosely, tangentially because of the media work I've done forever and ever and ever. And I, I think that what Rick is doing is great, and he has a following. Um, he's definitely, I think, kind of struggling to find a niche that really works. And and I and I think that's the that's the problem with every online blogger on whatever, whatever, whatever. So I've kind of gotten out of the personality business outside of Cranky Old Guy, which is really, again, a safety valve, like I said, and gotten more into what can we do to solve the problem today and let's put politics and opinion in the back burner. See, that's smart because the thing, and I'm only using Rick as an example, and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but that is smart because, yeah, (laughs) because when you, like you said, when it's personality based, like Mm -hmm. my podcast, for example, Mm -hmm. it limits the audience because it will turn people off. And then when you do something like the five for one directories, that's good because it's not going to be, you're not going to be the face of it necessarily. It's going to be though, you know, behind the scenes 
And so that's when the product is is the directory, not you. yeah. We'll do interviews. Uh, you know, sure. I'm going to do interviews and, and mini podcasts or mini releases. But my background is in marketing and media and and you know broadcasting. So the key is really going to be focusing on getting the job done, telling the story efficiently, and having the broadest way of connectivity for people to connect all of those things all at one time. There's going to be so many different ways to use it. Right. It's going to take time to build. I well, mean, and I think again, there's I've been in be, this forever. So. I think we're going to be you know, working on a partnership as well. So when that comes yeah. to be, you said October is when that's really supposed I'm, to launch. I'm, I'm launching. I have to so launch. So that's in a, yeah. in a month. That's not long. So mm-hmm. when that comes to be, I'll make sure to throw out a shout out and get the word out for... Well, I'll go ahead and sponsor you. How yeah, we're going to do that. So the five okay. for one directories will be something that, that works with the Spent the Rent podcast, yep. which is great. So, uh, you know, that's some cool stuff that you've been doing. And is that going to also help with Uganda? Is that going to be a separate? No, that's a separate thing. The Uganda, the Uganda thing has, you know, kind of, I, I want to slowly but surely, so that it's sustainable, keep Rotary and now Rotary International more involved. Right. And it, it's just time for it to, to broaden out beyond, you know, Simpsons people and local friends and family. And and again, my wife is an educator. Uh, she she teaches it uh, at... Uh, a school. Tw- yeah, <laughs> a school. <laughs> Twin Oaks. And um, she's now a counselor. But for the last... Four years, she's done an annual fundraiser, which is great because right. it really teaches the kids to get excited about something outside the box sure. of their own, and lives. then realize how fortunate they are. Yes, as absolutely, well. absolutely. You know, even though when you because you've been to Uganda, and I've, I've not been. You to have Uganda. not been to Uganda. No, because, now here's the, this is I get asked that a lot. Here's the thing that's amazing: we've done the math like sixteen times to go over there for the two of us for. Three weeks or so is like five grand. Okay, sure, and you could just donate it. Five grand is two wells. Yeah, I mean it's two wells in a country that has no drinking water where that's, they hand see, dig the wall the well. That's you pretty know. cool. I mean, I'm getting ready to plan a trip to Ireland, and I'm paying for it because I don't care about other people. <laughs> but, but, uh, no. Well, now that you're not drinking, actually, the world will be safe, right? You're gonna go uh, over yeah. there. I didn't drive when I drank, so that's a different. <laughs> That's a the, different problem. The Guinness will not be your thing. So anyway. on that note, we're <laughs> going to change gears. Okay. Uh, you have be- uh, we we talk a lot about politics. Yep, and we butt heads a lot, which is funny because we were, we're both on the left, but uh, we have different views. We come from a different generation because I'm 37 and you're 39. So like, <laughs> just turned 65. I'm an actual actual recipient of uh, Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security and all that good stuff. And, and I think what's interesting is that we are on the left. I'm certainly more in the center sure. than, than I am on the extreme left. And I think part of that comes literally from being a father of five daughters and a grandfather oh, of seven kids. You see the world in well, a different you've, way. Well, you've... You've made some money and you've and you've handed that money to someone else at different <laughs> <Yeah>. times. <laughs> Five college educations, yes. four weddings. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that will I mean they always say when you get older you're going to get more conservative with with financial fiscal responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, and that I think that's true and I think socially that's different. I think that's where we like if you I always say there's only two arguments. You got the right is about 100% personal accountability, 100%. So mm-hmm. like you're on your own. You know, and then the left is about the social safety nets. And so, uh, you know, 
That it, basically, other than that, we're just squabbling over being jerks. But. Although, although, what's interesting is that even the rightest of my right friends, as soon as I say, "So you want big government out of your life? Okay, give back your social security." I'm sure they'll take. You know, they'll be happy to take the donation. What? That's my money. You know, I earned it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it gets crazy. But I, I think really where I am is that back. In the 90s, I, I published um, a newspaper called the Northwest Music News, and it was really just a side project that had a life of its own, went on and on forever. I wrote this column back then called Somewhere in the Middle, which had mostly to do with local politics and things that were going on here locally. But I think really that's where my head has always been. I, I If you want to go to every key hot topic in politics right now, I'm mostly in the middle because sure. I think that every issue is complicated. It's it's got solutions that have to come from both sides of the of the aisle, and unfortunately, politics is broken. Sure, Congress is broken. We we have and but this see, is being, this, this is decades. Being worth. in the middle works just fine locally because I don't because obviously in Eugene they're not going to take away uh, you know marriage equality. You know, because that's a that's a federal thing. So that's why and we're going to talk about, you know, the centrist versus progressive argument inside the primaries right now. But locally, the name, next, the letter next to your name isn't as important because right. you'll get some extremes. And, and anybody that knows anything about Eugene politics knows that city council is what matters. You know, the people that are making the decisions and, maybe you know, the mayor has changed hands. And I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, here here's here's the reality. I, again. I can go back to the 90s. This is 20-some years ago now, where the city council was trying to decide at that point whether or not to build a bathroom downtown, a public bathroom downtown. Eight and a half years it took them to decide not to build one. And they're doing it now. Well, they're kind of doing it now. Now it's a test market, and they have it manned, and it's only open so many hours. But it's the same bathrooms that have been underneath the elevators forever bottom line is our city council is really kind of a a weirdly uh, uh, there's so much like congress that makes my head sure absolutely because you're in a situation where if you want them to pass an ordinance that says we're a no nuke city they'll do that overnight right at the same time the region will will shift and, and, and groan under sweetheart deals that are done behind the scenes right. where wetlands, wetlands suddenly become Valley River Center. I mean, so this has been gone, going on for decades. Well, that's how everything in politics works. Sure. It's, it's money talks. I mean, it's like how, how Phil Knight can build a, a metropolis basketball court and take away parking. Mm-hmm. And yet anybody else that's like, you know, how can you build something that brings more people to an area and remove the ability to park? Yeah. And it, then, you know, yeah. that, there's just the powers that be is all money. And that's one of the questions I was going to ask. And we'll get to that sure. is how to get money out of politics. Uh, <laughs> I've got you scrambling for your cards. Yeah, I, yeah. You're welcome to my life. I bounce yeah. all so, over the place. So here's the, the questions that I wrote. And, <laughs> okay, let's, and this is more it. of a national um, question okay. kind of about the primary because the big hot button argument right now is do we go safe? Do we go with, with Biden or do we, you know, go with some ideas that are more progressive? So the question I wrote, what matters more uh, in the centrist versus progressive argument? What matters more winning over your party or the moderate vote? And that's what the news has been plugging that you got to listen to the moderates. And I'm trying to think of who this moderate is. Like I know that you, claim to be moderate 
But yeah, I, yeah who I mean, is, so if well, you let's, lose- let's define let's define the real goal here. OK, and I think this is where a lot of these programs, a lot of the, the whole conversation gets messed up. So let's start by saying we are Americans. We are not left. We are not right. We are Americans. Sure. The country is has got a load of problems that are non-political problems that have been created by who knows what. However, there's this orange threat that is absolutely pulling apart our nation in a million different ways because it's made it okay to be a jerk, made it okay to be uncaring, made it okay to be self-serving. And that rankles anybody with common sense, including the middle. So when Trump supporters, former Trump supporters are now saying, God, I don't know. I can't, if I, I, I don't know if I can support this guy anymore. I wish he'd stop tweeting, et cetera, et cetera. Which is like 12 people. No, it's, it's really not. No, and I know. Then, it's a bigger crowd. But the problem is, is when you get a group of people, like if you go on KVAL, okay, the local news station, and there's any, the, the media is literally trying to get people to argue. But yes. they post something like, yeah. are you going to support Elizabeth Warren's crazy move? You yeah. know, or whatever, yeah, like the yeah. way they word it yeah, yeah. or like, what do you think about Beto taking your guns from you out of your hand? And, you know, and well, then the okay. comment, the comment says these stupid libtards need to stop, you know, trying. It's like, OK, first if, of all, stop reading that stuff. I know. OK, but so, he, so here, look, Pat, here's the thing. This is why two pats in a pod would have worked. Just, you know, <laughs> we could have gone on for hours. With yeah. this. Let's go back to the basics. All right. Back in the good old days of real politics, the way you divided up a room was over three or four major issues. It was abortion, uh, women's rights. Slash... Pine- pineapple on pizza. No, no, no. I mean, no, it was really there was there, gun control. There was literally ways they divided up a sure. room. OK, you could immediately as as a political activist figure out who you're talking to with with those issues. And then it became, you know, then the the gay rights became important and everything else. I mean, all those different things became sub of the same four questions. <clears throat> so where we are now is we have forgotten that they're trying to divide up the room and they are not only the parties, but in fact, the media, because it's a 24 hour news cycle. It's why I got out of broadcasting, quite frankly, it's a 24 hour news cycle. They need ratings. They need this stuff to be pushed. And in, in the most recent thing I wrote on cranky yesterday, cranky old guy, I talked about the very fact that most of this is driven by polls that are so ridiculously un- undersampled and skewed. They mean there's, not well. There, yeah, there, there's an there's, attempt. They're skewed because they come from. I mean, the most recent thing that said Warren and 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 Biden are neck and neck uh, came from ABC Washington Post with a thousand samples, a thousand sample cell for a 13, you know, 130 million, whatever, what are the number of registered voters are on any given day? It's, it's absolutely insane that these are driving the conversation. Sure. Polls mean nothing at this point. So when you have the extreme, the extremes on the left and right, okay, here's the question I have on, on what moderates should be taking accountability when you have the extremes on left and right. So you have the left that's talking about maybe like the Dave Chappelle situation where they're like, Oh my God, you should never be able to speak again and cancel culture that comes from the left, the right, like the libtard comments, right? Where they're like anything that the left is about. So if you have a D next to your name 
you're done. We're done with you. Mm-hmm. How how much responsibility is it put on the people that do fall in the center to call both extremes out and say, absolutely this is n- unnecessary. Let me tell you my favorite guy right now. And he just started a new podcast is Matt Taibbi, who's yeah, the, yeah. the writer for the roller uh, rolling stone. This guy gets it. And he just put out an article that talked about going to the most recent Trump uh, rally in, in uh, Ohio. In fact, I grabbed some quotes from it, but I I won't read them. This guy gets it. He understands. So you had 20,000 people show up at this giant arena that are all wearing these absolutely offensive T-shirts that are for sale, you know, under the the Trump uh, moniker and the Trump logo. They're they're absolutely offensive. I won't even tell you what they say. Some of them say, I'd I'd rather be Russian than a Democrat. Yeah, you know, shit like yeah, that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. That. It's crazy by than the that. pussy. Exactly. And... Exactly. So you've got all this this disgusting stuff that is being worn proudly <laughs> by twenty thousand people. Then you've got a hundred people from our side, quote unquote, screaming, "He doesn't really love the workers. You're being blindsided." It's a hundred people spitting into the ocean. Sure. You don't go near that ocean. Here is where centrist matters. And this is where I start to get right. I'm I'm turning into the cranky old guy. I'm getting cranky here. Here's what centrist is. It is not an issue-based decision any more than how we elected the last couple of, of folk. It comes down to what does this person say to me? How does he make me feel? And let's remember something very important. We lost the last election by tiny fractions of votes. Electorally. No, 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 no. The actual electoral votes and the rest of it. Well, popular, she won by like 12 million. Yeah, but but again, 12 million is nothing in in the big picture. The point is, where did those votes come from? They came from five states that continue to be the five most important states that are absolutely dead purple. Right. They are swing so, states. So That's the middle. So you say you say that you have you support the winning vote. So what, absolutely. So that's Joe Biden. No, 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 no. Look, here, <laughs> here's what I just said in my article yesterday. This is why I haven't written about it for months. Because we have to actually let it play out, too. No, so. not just that. It's We're two years out. The people that are driving this conversation are the DNC and the media. Well, it's the, a year now, so make sure you don't wait two years to vote. No, I'm just saying it started two <laughs> no. years oh, ago. I gotcha. I yeah, know. I mean, those, this thing started yeah. two years ago. You remember when, when Biden was late into the thing in April? Right, 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 right. <laughs> Come on. I mean, we are five months away from the first caucuses and the first primaries. So the way this should come down, if America really had its brain together and really, you know, got it back to something that made sense, is you wouldn't even start this process until somewhere near the primaries. And you'd let all 20 be on the the ballot if they want to be. It's not a big deal. Let them all be there. And the very first couple of primaries, they'd be winnowed out and they'd be done. Yeah, that's tough because, you know, I had done an interview with Sarah Wolf and James Barber talking about... Oh, yeah, my two favorite favorite people on your your podcast. She's great. But we talked about majority versus plurality voting Mm -hmm. and... When you have 20 people on the vote, I mean, obviously the, the, so Joe Biden is in the lead right now, but then they, we don't know. Well, no, but, we don't okay, really that's know fair. the polls, yeah. the polls say the, mm-hmm. the, these miraculous polls, but the Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren 
the you know those people are taking votes they're taking votes from each other so the progressive mm-hmm. argument is actually winning in the polls no who's winning in the polls right now is trump and yeah. and and brad parscale sure those that's who's winning in the in the polls brad parscale is the most dangerous human being to our democracy so, right now then that period and that and if you're not familiar with him he's basically the brainchild behind like the marketing scheme of donald trump well, he, he was the WordPress guy that won the election for Donald Trump in the last three weeks when Hillary stopped campaigning right. in the five states that so matter. So in that note then, <laughs> and I did an episode about populism and global populism. Yeah. So when we have the centrist argument, Donald Trump is winning using populism. Mm-hmm. And so how is centrism is centrist ideology going to get somebody motivated? Because like a Klobuchar, for example, Klobuchar, who's a moderate uh, li- lib- Democrat, Says that she and Joe Biden too says they want to sit down at the table with Republicans. Mm-hmm. Well, in a Mitch McConnell ran Senate, how much how much is that even worth a shit? You know, well so because it, Mitch McConnell has a shelf life too. So so let's go back again. I, I I don't mean to keep beating this to death. No, it's good. But the way that we're going to beat Trump has nothing to do with California, Oregon, whatever. All the different blue states that are going to vote blue, no matter no, what. No, I, I understand that. Okay, we're, we're, what we're talking about is a centrist mentality in the five, six, seven states that are swing states that matter. So if you look at the if look you at look map. at the if you look mm-hmm. at the midterm mm-hmm. and the turnout, mm-hmm. it's when the Democrats used popular issues like like legalization of marijuana. That's what gets people to vote top ticket. Yeah. You know, because yeah. marijuana legalization is not something that's just on the no, left. It, it may or may not turn out people, but 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 here's here's it'll the turn re- out the youth vote and the people of color. No, because you know, of surprisingly or not, when you talk about marijuana, the one of the biggest driving factors is not the youth because they don't come out to vote a lot of times. Mm-hmm. It is all the old folks my age that are, have discovered CBD as a real pain relief, sure. those kinds of things that are happening. So here's the deal. Again, if we keep driving this youth vote or driving extreme ideas that are untenable that will not get done or get through Congress for another 20 years. And that becomes our primary ticket. It makes it way too easy for the crazies on the right to call us socialists, to do whatever, whatever, and make people in the middle that are swing votes. That's the people we have to get. We only have to get 2% of the swing at this. If I know it's not today, so this mm-hmm. is a this is a worthless question. But who <laughs> good but to, who, good to point it out yeah. before you say it. But who <laughs> is the leading candidate then in your minds that would represent centrist? Look, here's where I am. In the last, let's let's back up. I was a hardcore Barack Obama supporter. Worked on both of his campaigns. Understood it. I was deep into it. I was doing a lot of the social media stuff in in 2008. I was there primarily initially because I hated Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton so much that I couldn't even stomach the concept, right? But before Barack came on board, I was actually a McCain supporter. I actually thought this guy actually knows his stuff. He's got great ideas. And then he took on, you know, his crazy VP and made it impossible. Right. Then we went into the next election cycle and Hillary 
tried to, you know, <laughs> there's so many things that went wrong that, that were ugly and spurious and horrible with the way the DNC and Hillary and everybody else ran that campaign. But I was hardcore Bernie supporter, hardcore, hardcore, went out and polled, went out and do all sorts of things during that election and realized in the middle of it that, wait a minute, something's wrong. And it, it happened right here in Springfield where I again, was involved with, with the original van program that was the way that we tracked voters when we were out doing door-to-door polling. You have an online app that was created by basically all of the team from Barack in 2008. So when you start going through this process and you go door-to-door-to-door-to-door, to door to door to door, back then you literally knew almost by the hour if they'd voted, if the, you know what they were doing, where they were, what was going on. The information we were getting from Bernie's campaign from the DNC was three, four, five, six years old. Yeah. It was wrong. Yeah. It was. And I think, you know, I I, I can't say this unequivocally, but I believe he was being fed bad information from the DNC. And then you've made the argument to me, you know, in person when we've. We've kind of debated on. You've told me many times, Bernie's time is up. He he's already had his chance. Mm-hmm. When did he get his chance? His chance? Well, <laughs> you know, no, he, he had he had the election stolen from him in 2016. So, no so, doubt about so, it. So, and yes. then in 2016, mm-hmm. my dad, who's a very extreme conservative, was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, Bernie's not so bad." When right. did that change? Like, when did it change to where now he's a socialist commie bastard? No, no, before- no, 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 no. The problem with Bernie right now, I have to say it. There are there are things that that that. It went sideways with Bernie. The first one was him doing a book and becoming a millionaire, and that that one hurt. Then the stuff that his wife was involved with, that one hurt. But most importantly, and this is really where I take off my personal hat and I put on my media hat, my, my media guy hat, he has not changed tone, direction, or message since 2016. He hasn't changed tone, direction, or message since the 1960s. Well, this is true to a degree, but but what I'm saying is he he only has two speeds. I agree with that. He has snarky old man, yeah. and he has crazy screaming old so man. So there's a question yeah. of charisma. The thing is, is that if you look mm. at the rallies... His no, 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 no. But in the last part of this that I hate to say... There's an ageism that's going to kick sure. in. If he's elected and makes two terms, he'll be nine, almost 90 years old. Well, that's old. fine because Tulsi Gabbard's going to be his running mate. Yeah. So that's the thing that I <laughs> that I love. Okay, I great. really hope. Wow. See, my dream wow. my dream scenario. Tulsi who? Oh, no. No, no, Tulsi. Ser- no, no seriously. I know who she is, but I'm just telling you that the majority of the people, she's not tracking anywhere on any poll that uh, makes in, any among sense. Among Democratic voters. That's the irony. Because yeah. the thing is, is that in the national coverage, where or not national, in the general coverage, I do believe she would actually have a, a r- real serious sp- chance. No. Yeah, because of the facts that she checks boxes. She's military. You, you, she you, you think that she's actually going to get a Trump voter to vote for her? A tr- Trump voter is a Trump voter. That's a lost cause. We're not talking yeah. about that. We're talking yeah, yeah. about the centrist, you know, moderates on either side. The centrist moderates at this point just want Trump gone, number one. But they also want some of the promises that Trump made to happen. Yeah. Most of those states that we're talking about <clears throat> elected Trump because he told them they were going to get their jobs back. See, They're going to get manufacturing my, jobs to come back. My problem is, is that when we ta- have this conversation with the centrist vote needs to be the winning vote but then anytime anybody that has any type of viability at all or is even there 
is actually getting any support, people throw them out the out the doors, unelectable. No, I don't think so because we, you know, we have. Let, let's let's cut back to where we really are right now. Okay, right. we right now we have three candidates. Well, we have five still because two of those guys may end up being VPs. Right, Beto, I, Pete Buttigieg. They're. I think Pete Buttigieg still has a chance to get the nomination, to be honest. He is clearly the best voice, the most common sense guy. He's he the appeals centrist. to a lot of people. I agree. As does Harris. Harris is right so, in the middle. So here's the problem. Your people, your people calling the, the extreme you, what left. What do you mean you people? Yeah, that you people. You extreme lefties are are so hell-bent right now on tearing each other up. Oh, I wouldn't say that. How oh. the media so that so Bernie Sanders has had 7 minutes of coverage by ABC. So is that the the is that the extreme left's fault? It's funny because everybody talks about don't label people, don't criticize people, but you crazy leftist democratic socialist progressives need to shut the fuck up. No. Like that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Wow. You know, you know, One of us is a crazy old man. It's no, no, you. It's no, here, true. no, here's the deal. No, that's not true. Here's the problem we have. Great ideas are just that until action is put into place. Sure. Unfortunately, many of the people that have these great ideas, including Warren, including Biden to, Biden to a degree, but as well as Bernie, they've been in Congress for 20 years and not Anything is getting done. I wouldn't say that's not that's true. Nothing has gotten done. I think that that Elizabeth Warren has a track record of going after banks, and I think Bernie has raised the minimum wage. You know, in I yeah, mean, the whole kind of you know, there's there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know. So so here's the question: though. the big the big the big things didn't get done. We're still debating guns at this point. We're still debating whether AR-15 should be on the street, even but though how, they were illegal for ten years. How and is no one, one senator supposed to be able to? I mean, yes, they're trying to. They got to rally the group to. to how get is the one vote. senator going to turn our entire health? care program around and suddenly oh, go to a, a thirty trillion dollar sure. price tag. No. Sure. It's not gonna happen. It will and that's not where I actually happen. that's where I actually to be honest, Pete Buttigieg has a good idea because yeah. it's 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 catering to both extremes among the left to where you have okay. Medicare for all who want it. So let's go back. Let's go back. First of all, I have Medicare, so I don't have to care. And that's the that's part of the problem. A lot of the voting block is on Medicare. We don't care. Just don't touch it. Don't mess with it. That's the bottom line. That's that's the message I get from a lot of my country club buddies. But let's go back to the reality. The number one thing is to beat Trump, period. Okay? So whoever is out there well, everyone, in the lead, when it really happens, whoever is out there in the lead, I will support. Okay? Absolutely. So it's Biden. It's Warren. Those are actually the two centrist so votes. So you will support Biden. But here's the problem. No, I'll, when, su- I'll support Warren. I I'll support it. anybody. But yeah. here's the question. Yeah. When does the voice of the far left matter? Because here's the thing. No, no, Biden. No, no, hear me out. Hear you, me out. Are you saying that you won't support Biden if he's the, the candidate? I personally will. But here's of the thing. Is Biden won't excite a very good chunk of the left. So for a guy like Biden to be pushed through, not that I'm not saying you're pushing him through. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying if people are like, let's focus on electability Mm -hmm. and they push a Biden through because they think he can beat Trump. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a repeat of the 2016 election. I fully believe that he is not a candidate that excites a lot of the people that, 
You need to maintain your base before you can even focus on what the moderates and centrists believe. Okay, so first of all, you have to define what the base is. Sure. And the base is not what you think it is. How is Trump's 30%? no, 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 back up. The base is not what you think it is. So let's let's go back to the way I really view the world. I take the extremists from both sides and throw them out. I think that Antifa and the neo-Nazis are the Which same. Which is not a very false equivalence. No, they're, they're the exact same people. I disagree. They they are because of the way they behave. When you're and but, when but anti-fascism is a popular is a is a political statement mm-hmm. that and then the opposite of that is actual fascism. I'm going to go ahead and, and side with the anti-fascists. I don't want to take a side because they're both the they're both destroying the company country and illegally doing so things that, that, that are. Why. So we talk about media, okay? So there's and Brad. Wow, Pesci. this is this is probably becoming the juiciest podcast sure. you've done. No, but with Antifa, <laughs> here's a prime example. Yeah, Fox sure. News. Fox News shows a clip where what's the guy that got attacked and that everybody talked about the reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he Yay, he's constantly yeah. selling clips that he goes mm-hmm. to these events and sure. he stokes the flames and then shows Antifa's reaction. Mm-hmm. So I'm Antifa. There was a guy on a bus that is a known bus full of known white supremacists that are not hiding that they're white supremacists, mm-hmm. not the Proud Boys, actual white supremacists. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy that throws a hammer at Antifa. Mm-hmm. Antifa grabs the hammer and throws it back. And mm-hmm. what do you think they show on Fox News? Them throwing the hammer back. Okay, so, so it's the second on. spitter. So My he... point is, is that Go ahead. there's coverage <laughs> being done to show Antifa in this dark, shitty way. The false equivalence to allow fascists and the antifa to be equal because someone has to stand up against the fascists and actually intimidate them because the federal government is in bed with them so actually who's do that? actually the way you deal with people like that is to ignore them completely on one side on one point and that has to do with media so let, let's let's take a case in point not a not a bus thing not a, a fox clip i ignore fox i ignore cnn I blow them out sure. and I'm coming from the broadcast side. Okay. What I do is I look at an event in Portland where the folks come in, the proud boys come in and they make it very clear that they're going to do their thing. Okay. Immediately Antifa ramps up and they've got their thing in their masks. And they're going to go out and they're going to throw, you know, concrete milkshakes and all this other stuff. It's going to be, it's going to be a confrontation and by golly, that's what we're all about. That's not what this country is based on. Those sure. are two extremes. But how, how in a democracy... Those are you, two how, extremes. How in a democracy do you take the high road when idiocracy has the numbers? They don't have the numbers. I think they do. That's the point. That I is the point. Do. No. At, at best right now, and I, I'm going to maybe pump up, pump up your, your future, I don't know. At best right now, Trump has 35% of the vote. Let's go back to the numbers once again. We need 3% of the margin in the middle right. to win the election, okay? Right. It's not going to come from the 30, 35% extreme on the right or the 35% extreme on the left. And that's what the numbers are. So Those person, numbers so, that you're talking about being the base for the left are 35%. At so best. essentially, let's. So your so your answer to it is 
Let's get someone in the middle that's not too extreme. Okay, I would be down with a Pete Buttigieg. I would be down. Beto's been saying some stuff that's he's off the list, unfortunately, because he will he's not get elected because, because of his comments not. about guns. He's already not polling high enough to even be. No, I mean, look, let, let's go back to it again. It's a five-person race right now, two of which will likely be VPs. Uh, that's my prediction. Is, and I'm willing to put my other 20 bucks on that one, okay? Right. So here's the deal. I'm not sold on Biden. You think I'm sold on Biden. I'm sold on Biden because he is polling super high in the states that matter. Those five states right. that matter. Okay. Yeah. We'll know. We'll know by mm, March. My actually. prediction though in, in Iowa is Elizabeth Warren. And Could I think be. Elizabeth Warren's going to run away with the nomination. Could be. And, and, and that would be great. I will support her 110% because she will get the centrist vote. She, she is, in fact, right in the middle somewhere. Right. We have to get those five I states. I hope her running mate's Buttigieg if she gets it. Could be. Because I think Bernie's not a VP candidate. No. He's no, not no, an option. No. Bernie no, no. would pick. Bernie's I think Bernie could. More. They might have a deal. But see, she's beating, She's winning right now in that argument between the two of them. But she might have a deal where she's. He would pick her as VP, but I don't think the other way around. Yeah, ain't going to happen. I mean, so, let, let's cut to the chase. It's going to be Warren or Biden and the VP is going to be Harris or Buttigieg, most likely. Maybe Bader. And the best ticket to kick the crap out of everybody involved would be Biden and Harris. Oh. I mean, not Biden and Harris. I'm sorry, Biden and Warren. Biden and Warren. Yeah, my, be, my, brain went, I mean, my, my brain went slightly dead there. It never happens, and I think that... So, so far, we, it's funny because we had talked about talking about the debates, and there's really no reason I've covered it before, and nothing really Man. drastic changed this time. No. And I don't know how much we should even be watching... Closely, unless you're just trying to get a feel like we haven't even mentioned Andrew Yang, who has has gotten any. It scares me because what Yang represents is he gets a lot of people who are like, oh, my gosh, this is a taste. And it happened in 2016 with Bernie in a way mm -hmm. because it gives a taste of something different. And they're like, finally, something different. And then they don't support a candidate once they yeah, once that but, person but loses. It's again. Talk about untenable. Insanity. Sure. But you get what I mean. It's but, like a wrong in fact, what he just did may, in fact, break all election right. laws. You, you, the, you FEC, can't, the FEC yeah. doesn't exist anymore, but still like uh <laughs> it's true though because a yeah. Ron Paul type strategy. Yeah. Ron Paul was was it 2008? I think Ron Paul. He's hurt. been around forever. I know, yeah. but he ran and he mm. hurt the right because of the fact that it was this new idea. Even though he's old, it was this libertarian yeah. idea that in the primary he was there and he didn't get any. Look, you know? uh, Yang is at best a C panel list on the talk shows at this point. I mean, again, I'm coming from a broadcast standpoint and a marketing standpoint. And this guy, at best, is is an anomaly, and he's a fun interview because he gets things jacked well, up. Well, there's so a lot of he's on Colbert and he's on whatever because he he's outside the box. Sure. He's not a contender. He's I not just even hope close. though that it doesn't get people that are young that support him to then not turn ah. out. You know. You know what? As far as I'm concerned, the voter turnout is not as important as turning out in the right states with the right with the That's right. That's true. Message. That's true. Because when yeah. we're talking, we're talking again. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That we're talking voter turnout. We're talking about this. This, this becomes numbers. matrix. This, this becomes a matrix, a marketing matrix, where you're trying to win X number of customers over to your brand long enough to win the win the, the battle. Basically, right. at this point, that's what it's about. And Trump knows that, but more importantly, Brad Parscale knows that. Brad, I'm going to guess, is behind a lot of the polls that are from that are coming from these like weird fake. 
things you see on Facebook. I mean, if anybody reads anything on Facebook for news anymore, they're out of their minds. It's being still cross-fed to such a degree. Yeah, the, the local stuff especially. K, I mean, KVAL is a, is a good example. KMTR is no different. But KVAL seems egregious with it, where they literally post such divisive questions only to get a rise. Like, yeah, the way K, they word it. KVAL is owned by a company that has a, Sinclair long, Media. Yeah, a long track record. I I'll, I will say one thing, and I, I'm quite surprised by because i did not expect it is that the register guard when they were bought by gatehouse i thought oh this is it we're we're going to get trounced because they have a long history of being like sinclair uh, uh at least on the surface but i can tell you that i have been pretty impressed with the balance of what they've printed how they cover stories they don't write anything they don't have their own editorial people sure. but they have people that choose what they're going to print and I've been pretty impressed by the balance. You know, yeah. you, you can find both sides of an issue, which is kind That's of That's pretty rare, yeah. yeah. So, well, Pat, you know, it's always great uh, having guests like yourself that actually have spirited conversations. This one, like you said, might have we might got, have gotten off the deep end, me talking about my... <laughs> Allegiance to the I, I'm not I'm not an allegiance I don't have an allegiance to Antifa but I will say that that is an argument that it's it's a very bad false equivalence but changing gears at the end of each episode uh, I like to give a shout out to one of my sponsors today I'm going to do 45 degrees northwest which if you go to my website strpod.com slash sponsors you can find uh click on each one of the little logos of the sponsor and there's information for them and you can be a donate donator independent uh individual donator of even as low as one dollar a month or just a one-time donation so go to strpod.com slash sponsors to do that also we play a song at the end of each episode yeah and you had kind of mentioned it a little bit at the beginning of this that you were in a band back in the day that got huge No, uh, Doppelgang. So uh, you guys have had reunion shows that I told you I was going to go to that I never did. But uh, we're done. We're too old now. Sure. Are you guys officially just no more? Oh, no, no. We're all over the place. I mean, the the band originally was was a way for some of us to actually get our yayas out. We were all studio musicians. We were all professionals. The band came together at a weird point where some of these players were only in Eugene for a short time that were amazing players. And so the reason the band was fun is that I could write music, I could do whatever I wanted to do, and these guys picked it up immediately and took off. So we became bigger than we should have really quickly doing the festival scenes in the Northwest and all the local venues and things at that point. But then it started becoming work. We were so busy and popular, we were, we were playing sure. too much. So at that point, around 98, we all kind of fractionalized and then came back together for a couple of shows. But we're all spread out all over the place right. now. So yeah. it's cool. I mean, it is cool. One of the things I love about this podcast is, like you had talked about, there's a wide range of guests. And I try to get, you know, age differences and there's going to be different people with different opinions. But with the music end of it, I like to play. Obviously, the Spent the Rant podcast started with a lot of hip hop because that's kind of the area, my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Sort of. I don't even really fit most hip hop. It's like pop punk hip hop. (laughs) But I'm... I'm also catering to who the audience of the podcast is and a big demographic of the podcast is like over 40, mm-hmm. you know, so and over 50, over 50 and over, and 60. over 60. Yes. <laughs> it's cool looking at the demographics because I don't have a target audience. I want it to yeah. reach everybody. And so um, I'm, I think this song is something that people will appreciate. And then also in December, I'm going to bring in Buffalo Romeo 
Lee Jones of uh, Buffalo. Lee's great. About uh, Buffalo Lee Romeo. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a good one. I saw them perform at um, the Willamette Valley Opry. Lee at- was actually on the Atlantic record we did for the Claymation Christmas Celebration. Cool. He's actually on that album. Cool. He's so. a character. And yeah, so I character. just put it together because him and I had became friends on Facebook recently over political stuff. Mm-hmm. Through um, through me through probably. our revolution <laughs> our revolution Lane County yeah which is everybody on the progressive side should follow that and then uh, so Lee Jones yeah I, he posted he's like Buffalo Romeo, Romeo's upcoming events and I'm like wait a minute because I saw them at the Opry at Willamette High School right. which I can't believe I went to <laughs> but it was amazing seeing them and him and another his buddy who's a young guy who's a guitar aficionado mm-hmm. it's funny I'm plugging their band and not yours but no we don't but, play plug plug yeah me. so yeah. that's gonna be really cool to have on. Lee, because it's a his music is more in the country vein a little bit. It's like Johnny Cash ish. He's great. He's yeah. great. So back to you, Doppelgang. This is you singing and playing bass, correct? No, no, I'm I'm playing uh, lead. I'm playing rhythm guitar. I wrote the song. Um, no, the song is called Fifty Five. Fifty Five Bel Air. Yeah, actually, this is one of those weird songs that comes from true life. We had these neighbors across the street that literally moved in from I don't know where and started growing. First of all, they had cars on jacks. I mean, it was one of those stories. They had like beans literally growing up. So the first line is pole beans on the front yard growing up between the wheels of a car that sure as hell seen better days. That's the first line. That's absolutely right out of what I was looking at from across the street. That's cool. So, yeah. yeah, So Pat, Patrick Miller, uh, crankyoldguy.com. That's is definitely that's going to be in the show notes, but I'm sure you can spell that. So crankyoldguy.com to check out his blog and work with Uganda and a bunch of different stuff. Pat, I appreciate you coming on and doing this. This uh, is going to be a regular thing. We'll have you back on a few times. Cool. Well, we have to yell at one another. I mean, this is this is the first time I've actually heard you drop f bombs and go crazy. I do. And, and and you and and with and the good news is you didn't have a pair of, of shears in your hair. That's right. And so I couldn't. You know, That's get right. nicked. That's right. I poisoned you with my the iced tea that you have. But so this is Doppelgang, a Eugene, Oregon-based group. Doppelgang with the song "55 Bel Air." Thanks a lot, Pat. Rock on. Pole beans in the front yard, growing up between the wheels of a car that sure as hell seen better days. As the vines reach out for sunlight, Tommy knows just how they feel. There's gotta be a way to get beyond this place. Well, that dollar can't help wondering if she'll learn to laugh again. Like a busted car, it's too damn old. Sometimes she wants to take a gun And put it to an end And head up north on Highway 36 Don't know the way I'm feeling All my dreams have turned to dust This emptiness has got me guessing Emotion I should trust. I know I swore I'd always be there. Till death do us part, it's not a lie. But no one would ever call this a living. It's time for me to pack my bags and fly. 
Living. 